Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light on, Premier Racing time, and we've got a man who celebrated a Christmas party in April. We're going to learn a little bit more about that. That's our co-host, Corey Smith, and he's on the line now, Corey. How are you travelling, mate? Good, mate, good. Yeah, I, I went a little bit outrageous and said I'd tip the card last week. You said you'd settle for nine. We didn't quite get there, but I'm glad you got me back on for another another crack at it. Hopefully mate, we can uh, tip the card this time. I'm not too worried about tipping winners. I want to know a little bit more about this Christmas party in, in April. Have you have you missed the boat by four months or what's the go there? Uh, you know, we, we work very hard out here at the Meadows, so we kind of we wait till after the Australian Cup and... And with no CEO to write the ship, we've uh, we've decided that we'd we'd kind of let loose in April. So um, yeah, it was it was a good night. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we don't have to do it again anytime soon because the the recovery wasn't great. Yeah, and bouncing back into a into a shift the next day would have been uh, challenging. New new CEO of the uh, the club at the Meadows. Happy to announce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he starts May 9th, which will be exciting. It's um. It's good to have a, a CEO come in that has greyhound experience. So um, I'm sure Scott will be a wonderful asset. And yeah, I can't wait to get started and working with him. We'll just call him Scott. We won't go with his last name. I've actually, I'm, I'm yet to meet him, unfortunately. But um, I'm rolling with Woo Catch. But I'll have to, uh, I'll have to double double check with him because it's not as easy to say as. Uh, as would I roll with in Smith. Yeah, mate. Uh, we're, we're happy to have you on the show. We might have to wait to uh, to get Scotty on, but we will aim to, to get him on uh, when he does take up the role as CEO of the MGRA. Run of the week. Set to go, race nine in the Meadows. Favourite at eight, Jungle Panther set. Racing, Jungle Panther slated in, missed it, three or four lengths. Charlotte's Blaze Coat trying to come across there, but in a bloom. Found the early lead and turning the back straight in a blue, the leader. Diesel Runner going out after it, getting up on the inside. Five lengths away, then came Zippy Wiseman third. Next then Charlotte's Blaze, followed by Jungle Panther with a big job from there, followed by Tiberia Bale, and then came Doonside Shadow, wearing a bale, coming off the back straight. And it's Diesel Runner and also in a blue, clear. Uh, getting up on the inside there came Zippy Wiseman into the straight. That's good go. Zippy Wiseman got through, crashing Jungle. Panther. Jungle Panthers won it from Wingram Bale, followed by... Wow, that was a big run. Jungle Panther surging home to victory to the delight of my co-host, Corey Smith. And he had absolutely no right to win that. Checked at the first corner, pushed wide twice on the home corner, and yet he powers home and runs away. You, you must have been a little bit concerned at the halfway point, although you knew the leaders were going to tire. I think the first 25 seconds of the race, we, we probably thought that I was, uh, I'd done my dough for the punting punters club, but uh, no, he showed what a massive motor he's got, Jungle Panther, and why I've got such a high opinion of him. Hopefully he can start jumping a little bit better, and um, yeah, he's going he's gonna to give a give a sight in some bigger races than that one. Do you think he'll get further than the 500? He looks, he looks like he hit the line pretty strong, and maybe down the track he gets to 600 and he, and he just bounces in front, because if he's in front, by gee, it's going to be hard to catch anywhere. Yeah, look, it's not something that I've ever kind of thought he would be a strong 600-metre dog, but that run, that was mm. just huge and, and kind of showed that he does have plenty more strength than I than even I thought he did. So it wouldn't shock me to see him get up to 600 and, and just highball out in front and give him something to chase. Well, well done, mate, on the tip. And now he's run of the week. That's how well you went on, on episode one. We'll chat about that a little bit later on. Saturday's preview. 
Saturday night, the bright lights of the MGRA shining on a 12-race card at the Meadows, and we're going to kick off with the opening race, uh, first event on the program. Now, because you dominated me on the tip again last week, and I have lost a little bit of form, I think it's fair to say, I'm going to let you tip each race first, and maybe I might just follow you in. So what are we going in the first, Corey, race number one? As I said last week, the first race is always a little bit difficult to run, uh, to, to tip in because they're usually maidens or, or lower grade cards. This is a mix six seven, and this is no exception. I think this is an any many miny mo type <laughs> job, and I've, I've landed on nights from the from the red box. But gee, it's a hard race to tip. Yeah, I'm going Dr. Falcor number four. I, I just thought his run was good last week, but two starts ago was a, a really dynamic win, and, and he looks to have high speed when he gets it right. Race number two, uh, this one an interesting restricted win race. Uh, only a small field, but it's a race that, that appears fairly even on paper. Yeah, look, this is another wide-open race. I've, I've settled with Dirt Farmer, and I'm I'm banking on him running up to his 29.96 PB here. I think Russ Bucket and Taste the Gold in the, in the middle are probably the two speed dogs, so hopefully we can get a trail mm. and a cart into the race from them and uh, hopefully be too good for them late and show that show that strength that uh, some of his older brothers and sisters have shown uh, in in the last few years. I'll jump on the C. Smith bandwagon, follow in Dirt Farmer. Like you say, if he runs up to his PB, I, there's probably not a dog in this that'll go anywhere near 29.96. So that's enough. Race number three, fifth grade over the 5.25. Vacant draw in five, field of seven. Who wins? I'd love Alpi Alligator to draw an inside mm. box, but I'm sticking with pretty well for me last week and, Again, box eight, not ideal, but if he gets a card into the race, he's going to be hard to beat. I like Providence Bale, box number six, uh, just a, a really reliable chaser, and I think pretty well placed too in, in this event in a fifth grade. I, I notice when he does get back to this class, he seems to always perform well. Race number four, Immunity's the, the favourite after going up to, to Dubbo and having a crack at the new Rich Race series up there. Draws box number eight, which probably makes it a little bit tougher, and there is a little bit of speed underneath, but I think Corsa, this is the class runner of the field. Yeah, she certainly ticks a lot of boxes. How good was she during that that mm. six hundred meter series up at Dubbo? Obviously, broke the track record there and and was just unbelievable. So I I think she ticks a lot of boxes. She handles box eight. If she shows the pace, we know she can show. I think she's going to be very very hard to beat. I agree. I'm going with immunity on top. Race number five, a, a deep race this one and a, and a tough race. You look at the form guide in the watchdog and. The, the outsider's at $12 in the top eight, so that tells you it's a race where maybe we grab the dart and throw it, or do you have something that I should be not just throwing the dart but actually aiming a bit? Now, Canal Bale, I was Ooh. very, very bullish on her early, early on in her career. I jumped off, and then she won a few in a row, and it's just really broken my heart. I'm jumping <laughs> back on, which probably tends to suggest that she's not going to win this one, but I think she's starting to put it together. She's starting to learn her race craft, and I think if she if she shows her best in this very, very open race, she can be winning. I thought it was a really hard race, but you never jump off and jump on, do you? Whenever you jump off, they always That's... perform well. It's the, it's the number one rule of racing, and when you do jump back on the ship, it normally sinks. <laughs> Yeah, she's just going to break my heart. I think she's just going to be one of those greyhounds for me. But unfortunately, I'm uh, I'm tipping her on top, so we'll see what happens. I'll go Lucy's Villa, race five, number five. I just think, he, look, the six Soda Seville likes to use a bit of the track. The seven Mighty Pie's got early speed. So if Lucy's Villa can get out uh, on his bike early, I think he's he's probably almost the class runner in the field. But it's a, it's a deep three to six win final. Race number six, take out the five, running 600 metres here. Uh, another pretty deep race, Kanji Giant stepping up to 600 from the first time. He's the watchdog favourite at $3.40.
yeah, I'm, I'm with the watchdog there, Kanji Giant. I think the stepping up to 600 suits has gone 509, 509 at Sandown and the Meadows last two starts. And in a race where a lot of them are stayers dropping back to the 600, I think mm. box one ticks a lot of boxes. And uh, yeah, I've got Kanji Giant on top. I want to tip about five of them here, mate. Uh, I've got a lot of time for money O's. He's, he's a serious youngster. I'm going to go Flying Lantern because I tipped him on top last week. He's not the most convincing when he hits the front, but uh, he did the right thing by us last week. And I think with Kanji Giant setting that tempo, he's, he's going to have something to really go after in the early part. So if he can do that, finish it off okay, he's, you know he's going to be strong at the end. Even if he isn't really savaging the line, I think he's going to be hard to beat. So race six, number four. Over then to race number seven. It's an interesting race, this one. Kahim Bales off the red. Hadouken, who was placed in a Ballarat Cup heat last week. Draws box number two. Looks pretty hard to beat. Is that how you see this one, race number seven? Yeah, he's desperate for the inside. As long as he stays out of trouble and doesn't clean up Kahim Bale too hard, I think he's going to be very, very hard to beat in this one. And it looks like, as you mentioned, he was placed in a Ballarat Cup heat last time out. So this looks like a fair dropping class because he was in the Easter egg before that. So... Dropping class, ticks a bit, ticks boxes, and uh, loves an inside draw. I agree, mate, one hundred percent. I think drawing the inside is the key for Hadouken, and he gets that here. And like you say, looks to have the pace to to cross the red in the early part. Race number eight, a fifth grade, uh, interesting race. It's over the six hundred meters. Kalinda Lady, an enormous run here last week, chasing the kennel mate Kalinda Patty, but. Did get a little bit of luck at the start, but was still a massive run. But uh, there, there has to be some risk at the 170 on Kalinda Lady, considering she's got box number six. If she gets clear air, gets a clear run, there's no doubt she's the best dog in the race. Yeah, I've done my form without looking at any odds of uh, of anything. And I think Kalinda Lady's the clear on top selection. She is going to need a bit of luck. But how good was that match race with her sister last time mm. out? Yeah, it worked out well, didn't it? Especially for connections. I'm agreeing. I'll go with Kalinda Lady. I'm just not convinced of the price, especially if it gets any shorter. Race number nine, fifth grade, 525, the journey. I'm going to kick this one off first because I'm going with Krabby Yabby. I know that uh, Krabby Yabby's trainer, James Shaw, he's been saying to me for months he really wants to win a race in town with this dog. Don't we all? But the fact that she's been so consistent in so many races, knocking on the door, she had a freshen up with a win up the straight. I think the red will lead if she can sit second and, and hold that pressure off from the outside early. I think she's going to be mighty hard to beat. The Krabby Yabby here. Causa, can she get the job done? Hey, is Krabby Yabby not the best name for yeah. of all time? I absolutely love that name. It's, it's kind of cult status-like, <laughs> Krabby Yabby. So hopefully... hopefully uh, James can get a, a city win on the board with Krabby Yabby, but I am I am. It was a very very tough race, but I'm leaning towards Roxy Uzo, not with a high level of confidence. Uh, he certainly doesn't win out of turn, but yeah, I've landed with Roxy Uzo on top in a very tough race. Race number ten's my best bet of the night here, Corey. I'm not going to say who, but I'll see who you go with just to give me some reassurance. I reckon the great minds are starting to think alike. Hey, here I reckon we go. you might be because he's also my best bet of the night. Maybe we should have had a chat before before the podcast and get different best bets. But I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very confident Dan Bale off the red. Yeah, yeah, mate, he's going to be. Extremely, extremely hard to beat McKeon Bailey. He just looks by far the class runner. Draws a field of seven, a race without too much pace. I don't think you could tick any more boxes. Every single box is being filled. Hence, he is the best bet of the night for both of us. Great minds think alike. Uh, always gamble responsibly, but I think we jump on here. Race number 11, second last race of the night. There's a bit of a fave in, uh, in this race of mine, Ariane Baylor. I've been following her for a while. I just can't wait till she steps up in distance. 
I think we were both on last week and, and got the chocolates there at about $4. So that was nice. But I'm jumping off here. I'm going with Snapper Smith. Hasn't won this year, but has plenty <laughs> of ability, has been against the likes of substantial Boston Garden, bearish, do it. So this looks like a dropping class. And I would love to see Snapper Smith kind of get across and, and show how, how good she can be because it's been a while since we've seen it, mm. but the talent is still there. And I think um, from box eight, hopefully we can get across. Well, if you're jumping off, mate, someone's got to ride this great horse to victory. I'll go with Ariane Bale. I just think she keeps on going the way she did uh, last week. And as I said, we're just building the bank for then the big bet when she gets up over a little bit more ground. Race 12, lucky last, interesting race. Limiting in box number two is one of the fastest greyhounds in the country when he gets it right. But that only is time to time. And there's a few of these that, that can race really well and, and then can mix their form a little bit. It's a tough race, the last. Yeah, I, I changed my mind about four times when I was going through this race, but I've, I've landed on Kraken Sky, the sixth. It seems to be one of mine. I, I always seem to find her on top or, or in my selections, and I think she can run well here. A couple of races ago was was racing against Cybertruck and the likes. So I think, um, yeah, I think Kraken Sky can run a big race in the last race and hopefully uh, get a few of the yeah, I agree, mate. I, I used to actually have Society Icon. She's a little favourite of mine. and She can she can really run, and, and she will look to come across to the inside. But I, I thought Kraken Sky was the runner to beat, like you say. Was unlucky last time, too, up at Shep, I think it was, for memory. Uh, I just don't know what limiting's going to do from box number two. If, if he was to turn up and, and put it all together, he could absolutely blow this field away. But we'll have to wait and see there. Terrific night of racing, though, isn't it? 12 good races. We're both going race 10, number one, McKeon Bale is the best. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm pretty confident McKeon Bale. I think uh, it and immunity are probably the two two most likely winning chances for the night. Well, mate, you spoiled my fun because I asked you prior to we, we jumped on to record if you'd listened to the last episode because I'd worked really hard and I was waiting to impress you with my new stinger for the punters punting club. But you've jumped in and you've listened to the last episode, so it's not going to be as good. But here it is anyway. Hunters Punting Club. It's magnificent. I, I, I don't know what else I can say. I, 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 every time I hear it, it's, it's growing on me. You know, it, it's, oh, I, I like it a lot. No, I, I like it a lot. I don't know how you thought you were going to get it past me. As they say in the radio world, long-time listener, first-time follower. That was me <laughs> last week. I, I love listening to the show, so I wasn't going to miss it. And, um, yeah, as Jason, Jason Adams said, it's a, there's a bit of sci-fi about it. And I, I, I tend to like it. I reckon we roll with it. Yeah, I reckon so, mate. I'll, I'll just play the start again because I do enjoy it. I, we almost need to run it twice every week. But there, there it is. It's Hunters Punting Club. Yeah, it's, I reckon it's some of my best work uh, over the last 10 or 12 years. So the Punters Punters Club, mate. Let's, uh, let's have a look from last week. You nailed it. $50 in the kitty. You went bang, bang, bang on the nose of Jungle Panther. Turned it into $100. Plus you get another bonus 50 every single week. So you've got 150 in the kitty. Uh, I went 25 each way for memory, subtle up. Wasn't as confident. Uh, he was a bit unlucky, I thought. But uh, he paid $1.40 a place running a drum. So I've got 35 in the kitty plus the 50 gives me $85. I hope that was fairly easy to follow. We can only spend 50 a week anyway, mate. But it's all about trying to, to build a, a nice little balance. I'll kick it off. I'm going to go confidence because I've seen you. I've seen Jason Adams of late. Swagger, pin the shoulders back and just go full steam ahead. 50 the nose, McKeon Bale. Simple as that. How do you see it? Now, we, we can go one or two ways here. I, I really like McKeon Bale and I was going to go the same. Yeah. But just for a little bit of info, 
will have $50 straight on the nose of immunity just so we've got something a little bit different. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be a follower. We'll be a leader and, and be confident and uh, roll with immunity instead. Race four, number eight. Can I change your mind and allow you to do a multi this week? The pair of them, $50 the win? Done? Easy, let's do it. Done, Done mate. Confident. I like a man who's got a, a little bit of confidence. Well, hey, it's been uh, it's been great fun having a chat once again, Causa. We're, we're going to have a special guest on now, so I, I better remove one special guest to replace with another. But just before I let you go, I know the listeners can't see this, but I've got you on Zoom at the moment. A lethal mo at the moment. My goodness. Wow. That's <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm trying my best. I've given it a couple of weeks. I had the seven-day isolation mm. a couple of weeks ago, and I've let it since then, but I think it'll be disappearing soon. It's, uh, it's getting plenty of looks, and I don't think they're good ones. Well, is there any tips, though? Because I've been growing this little fluff that I've got on my face for about five years now, and it, it, do you have to pop a product in there to help it grow so swiftly? If I pop the product in there, I reckon that it'll all fall out. It's that thin. So oh, okay. No, no, no. It's uh, just God-given talent. Well, there you go, mate. Well, good luck tomorrow night. Great night of racing. And, yeah, don't get rid of the mo, mate. It's, it's, it's a real winner, I think. Cheers, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Inside Info. Inside Info ahead of the Meadows, Saturday, April 9. And we've been able to get a, a very, very good trainer on the line at the moment, having a, a lot of success with her partner up the straight with a greyhound by the name of Slingshot Reaper, and not just up the straight, the consistent showtime boomer goes around at the Meadows tomorrow. And I speak of Claire Allen, who's been good enough to jump on the podcast. How are you, Claire? I'm good. Uh, How are you? Oh, I'm going all right. But uh, you've had a, a great run. We'll start with Slingshot Reaper before we focus on the Meadows because I love the story of Slingshot Reaper. He was probably getting toward the end of his career, I think it's fair to say, and had a little bit of a freshen. And he's come back like he's two years old and, and full of life and racing <laughs> like a, a jet. <laughs> Yes, and he acts, he acts like it all the time in the kennels as well. He's just um, always been hypo and over the top, and but he just loves racing. So we, um, like like we said, we were going to retire him. Um, was it before Christmas? He split his webbing at Shepparton, and it was pretty nasty. And we thought, oh, you know, he's coming up to four. We'll, you know, call it a day because I just retired. I decided to retire um, he's an ace at the same time. And um, anyway, yeah, he sort of got over it well and was driving us a bit crazy. So we thought, oh, we'll, we'll put him back into work. And and then, bang, he went out and won all those races like he did. He won, I think it was seven on the bounce to start the year. And I guess for, for people as well, Claire, who are thinking they've got a four-year-old greyhound that, you know, they would normally be going, well, maybe it's time to retire. There there are good races available, especially for, for veterans. And I guess as well, especially if they race up the straight, like Slingshot Reaper, he's been good enough to win free-for-alls and then drop back to a veteran and, and, and pick them off pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was his second, his second win, he was, what a length and a half off the track record. Yeah, like, flying. Yeah, just but he, he always um, and it was only we only thought to retire him because he'd injured. You know, it was quite a nasty injury at the time, and we just thought, oh, well, you know, poor thing. It, it, yeah, approaching for even though he'd been racing well, um, we just thought, oh, we'll just call it a day for him. But um, yeah, he sort of. He had other ideas. 
as well as us. So, yeah. Well, but, um, he seems like he seems like a really hard chaser too, which obviously helps the older they get. Oh, yeah, mad, mad keen. He, he just loves it. He loves race. Like he loves racing. He loves galloping. He loves working. He just he loves the attention. He loves going the races. It's just everything. So. Um, he's a beautiful, he's the most beautiful dog. He's so full of personality and funny and he's like one in a million. He really is. Well, speaking of, of keenness, Claire, to get on track and to race, that is how I would describe you as a trainer. You're always enthusiastic, always there to help the people around. Where, where did your involvement in Greyhound Racing begin? Where did you catch the bug of Greyhound Racing? Well, um, I actually was involved in, in horses, so gallopers. Um, but I've always loved greyhounds. I've always had them as pets. And actually, my dad is Irish, um, and his family, like his father, trained greyhounds over in Ireland and actually had um, dogs running the Waterloo Cup over in Ireland. So all my my dad's one of 12, so all my mad aunts over in Ireland like to say, oh, it's in my blood, it's in my blood sort of thing. But I didn't get into it until um, I got with Brett. So um, when I, I started, uh, when I moved in with Brett, he had his licence, obviously, and he had four empty kennels here. And I said, oh, you know, I'd really like to um, get a, you know, own a, own a, a race dog and, and you um, sort of helped me with it. And we went out and bought a dog and... And then it just grew from there. So, well, um, it seemed it, like the stars aligned almost, Claire. It did. Yeah, it did. I love them. I just absolutely love them. I, and I love working with them and I love doing everything with them. They're just beautiful. Yeah, and race are. eight tomorrow, you're in the big smoke at the Meadows with the Greyhound yeah. by the name of Showtime Boomer. He's racing well, though. He's been third in four of his past five, uh, three of yep. those... Uh, third placings at the Meadows. So he's proven he's yep. up to this grade. Uh, you can just put a line through last week's run. No luck whatsoever. Again, he comes up against a good field, but he's just one of those dogs, Claire. He's never too far away, the old Showtime Boomer. No, that's right. It's, um, the biggest thing with Boomer, he likes it out wide, and um, box, the box draw for him is everything. So he's got, yeah, box three on Saturday, which, yeah, I wish he had got you know, seven or eight or something, but because, um, yeah, he'll, he's been jumping well for him because normally he's quite a slow starter and then he's got that sort of turn of foot. But um, I, the problem is, yeah, he, he might jump all right, but then he'll try and sort of, you know, head to the outside and we'll see what, you know, happens from there. But he was in a pretty hot field last week too, so, um, yeah, he'll need a bit of, bit of luck and, he likes a bit of room early too, which is, um, you know, that's helped him in some of his other races when there hasn't been, you know, quite full fields. And um, but look, he rarely runs a bad race. He's so he's such an honest little fella, and yeah, we'll see how he goes. But he loves the meadows. Loves mm. the meadows. What's the yeah. what's the dream for the kennel? Is it to to take on coursing and win the Australian or the Victorian version of the Waterloo Cup, or is it a Melbourne Cup, or maybe even a million dollar chase? What What's the dream? Well, we've got uh, um, we've got 
six pups here that are about to go to the breakers. They're um, Barsha Bale um, out of our bitch, Windburn Lucifer. Uh, she was a, a, a really good, consistent 500-plus bitch when she was racing. Um, and it's her first litter. They're big, beautiful dogs. We've got four dogs and two bitches. Uh, they're just gone 14 months old. So, yeah, they're off to the breakers next week. So we're hoping that, um, yeah, we've got a, well, at least one champion. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she's about to have a, another litter in a week for something to do um, to Fabregas. So, Hmm. Yeah, there might be one. There might be one cooking in there now. We don't know. <laughs> Exciting times. Is it the Melbourne Cup you yeah. want to win or a Sandown Cup? What would be the one race, if you had to pick one, that uh, the team would love to win? What would it be? Oh, James, any cup would do. Any, <laughs> I'd be happy with any cup. <laughs> You're exactly like me, Claire. Well, hey, the way you guys are going, I'm, I've got no doubt a, a cup of some sort isn't uh, isn't too far away. So, good luck. Firstly, tomorrow night, good luck with those pups, and, and good luck with the litter as well. To uh, to Fabregas, we wish you well, and thanks for coming on the podcast. No worries, James. Thank you.